following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. With me, as always, my co-host, Matt Keough. Matt, how we doing today? First day back from vacation, from spring break. How we doing? I didn't have spring break. You guys had spring break from student teaching. Oh, yeah, but other than that. So that's still spring break. I had classes Monday and Tuesday. All right. Well, you didn't have, uh, you didn't go to Niagara Wheatfield for classes. So no. you didn't have kids' classes. No. So a sort of, a pseudo break. Kinda, pseudo vacation. Kinda, sort of. All right, with us today is our special guest. I've been excited. I've been trying to get around for a little bit now. My assistant coach in track and field, Miss Erica Marconi. Erica, welcome to this podcast. Thank you, coach. How are we doing today? Great. All right. Happy I love to be it. here. Uh, little little backstory on Erica. Erica's the type of coach, the type of person where even if you come into practice having a bad day, just come in a little gruff, whatever, from just she brings the energy. You you really bring the energy. You you get um, guys like Dan Mativier, myself, and Brunger. You just you, you bring the energy. You bring the laughter. You, you you bring smiles to our faces anytime you come. Well, I do enjoy making people laugh. You know? Absolutely, they say laughter is the best medicine. It is. It is. And anybody that can get me to laugh, it's they're they're good in my book. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. All right. As always, we're going to start with our coming in hot segment. And I'm coming in hot with the first day back to work from a vacation. Were you off yesterday? I was off yesterday. We didn't. Uh, today was our first day back. We had all last week and then Monday we had off. I know some schools got back uh, Monday, yesterday. But we had that Monday off. And, man, that first day back from vacation, I don't care what job. I don't care if it's just teaching. Holy Man, that first job, that first day back is rough. Like I was struggling even just to get up this morning. Yeah. And I usually get up like even on on vacations, I usually get up pretty early, like seven eight. But just you hear that alarm and you're like, I don't, I don't want to go. You instantly <laughs> turn into that like, that little five year old mom. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I looked at my wife. I was like, Vic, I think I'm coming down with it. She's like, Get out of bed. Go. You'll be fine. And once you get back into the routine, everything's good. But, man, that first day back is just a struggle. Oh. It is. I didn't want to go to work today. Oh, uh, no. Oh, uh, no. Matt, is it the same thing, like, just the first day back from spring break for classes for college? Like, just, man, I got to study again? No. <laughs> I never have that mentality. I mean, not that I'm a bad student. It's just like, okay. <laughs> I always just wake up, and as soon as I wake up, I'm like, all right, I can't wait to go back to bed. And that's the only thing I focus on all day. You just kind of wing it. Yeah, basically. Matt's, Matt's a napper that dreams about napping. Well, I wing it. I basically mm-hmm. do wing it. Nothing wrong. Like Just like how we do this podcast, how we do stories from the sidelines. We, Larry, you told we wing me, it. you taught me at camp as a very naive kid. Not kid. I was like, what, 19 when I first met you? Something like that, 1920. Yeah. But you're just like, listen, there's no plans. We just wing everything. 
<laughs> and ever since then, I've kind of adopted that into my mentality. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad that I made that profound impact in your life to just, <laughs> just wig it. <laughs> Listen, you have, here's my philosophy. You have plans, but at the same time, you have plans, but you don't have plans. You have plans, yeah. but then you, le- you leave room in there to wing it, you, you know, especially as a teacher. You as can a make coach. plans all you want. Life's going to throw you curveballs. Absolutely. So. Have a blueprint and adjust it. Yep. yep. What, what's the saying? Everybody's got a game plan until you get punched in the face. Exactly. Yeah. Or everybody's got a great game plan until you get punched in the face. I know I'll get that saying right sometime. But, you know, sometimes in life you just got to wing it. Marconi, did you have a little struggle? Were you guys, t- was today your first day back too, or did you oh, have class yeah. yesterday? It was our first day back. Uh, you're over at uh, the Falk School. I am. <laughs> um, was today a little struggle to get out of oh, bed? or it was. It was, for sure. Now, do you have any, um, like, morning routines? Like, Rich, like, you got to get your coffee, you got to get the newspaper. Or I, I'm, I just dated myself there. The do people newspaper. still read the newspaper anymore? Uh, Matt's looking not, at me like, what's a newspaper? Not my age, usually. I know, I know. Um, but, but do you have like a little like a morning morning routine? I definitely get my coffee. Some days I'll work out before heading to school. This morning I did not do that because I took a workout class last night and I was still pretty sore from that when I woke up this morning. So yeah. nice little morning exercise, get the blood I do. flowing. Yeah, it, it makes my day start off. You know, I feel more alert. Beautiful. So, mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. So uh, anything? Any Matt? You coming in hot with anything? Marconi coming in hot with anything? Well, I'm trying to think. Just I know a lot of the kids I don't think wanted to be at school today. A little, little rough. Yeah, it was. It was. A little rough. Yeah. But all right, well, we're going to get right into the episode now. Erica, like I said, my assistant coach at track and field at Kenmore East. Um, first of all, what got you into track and field? Like, what got you in the? I know you coach you coach cross country with uh, Coach uh, Tim Mativier as well, mm-hmm. who's uh, um, the boys' head coach at Kenny's. I'm the girls' head coach. Um, but what got you in just as an athlete? Like you were saying, you ran cross country and track and field in high school. Yes, I did, and I actually started in middle school. Uh, so I grew up with two older brothers, and um, you know, both were very athletic. The one was is still a major like baseball fan so I kind of got into softball but my hand-eye coordination wasn't the best I was great in the outfield center field but up at bat I kind of struck now in the out outfield, were you the ones out there like picking all the flowers in the outfield no or? I was not I played center field okay okay so I could, okay you know I could run fast to the balls but and my other brother he was beginning to run so he kind of I started to just go on runs with him, like, back in middle school, and then I did some modified, like, track and field. Um, and so then I just – I was pretty good at it, so I stuck stuck with it. Very cool. And, um, yeah, and then I did it in high school. Now, you, you're our, one of our distance coaches, so I'm guessing in high school you were more of, like, the 1,500, the 3,000. Um, anything else did you do? Uh, yeah, well, Coach Panapino, whatever he threw me in, if someone was, like, injured or – wasn't feeling good. I kind of just, you know, took the reins and. So you were just distance, but you were like a little jack of all trades there, sure, whatever, I, wherever I, they need. Yeah, I did the eight hundred meter. I think I did like the four by four one time. As a joke, all the distance girls, we did like the four by one. Okay. We didn't do too bad either. So. I was gonna say with my throwers, I'll throw them in a, uh, a shot put relay. Well, I'll have them do the four by one, so you get the uh, the big guys out there. You know the. Uh, the 250 pounders, the lineman relay. 
So we'll do the shot put really every now and then. Right. Um, but that's good. Um, now, did you find even into getting into your coaching that just having that experience doing different events kind of helped you out as, as you became a coach? Yeah, definitely. I didn't really do many field events, but running events. Yeah. Very cool. Which one did you prefer? Like what, if you had your choice, what would be your, um, your best event, your favorite event? Um, well, I really enjoyed, um, doing, oh my gosh, what's it called? Um, you're, you're you're making that spin. So I said discus. No, not discus dis- with the spins. I didn't do discus. Um, the steeplechase. Steeplechase. You did the steeplechase. I did. Yeah. Really. Yep. Man, now do you know what the steeplechase is? Uh-huh. It like, I, first of all, I want to find out who invented the steeplechase because they have got to be like just a nasty, evil like individual. I mean, stupid. If it's just it's no offense. No, it's no, a pain. none taken. I mean, like it's a challenge. That's why I liked it. It was very different. It's just like somebody got together, but like, listen, how can we make like running a two miles? It's not tough enough. How can we make it tough? Oh, let's have them run over hurdles and barriers. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's still not tough enough. Oh yeah, let's every you know, let's have them get splashed with water and go through a pit of water every lap as well. I mean, it's just a brutal event. Yeah. And you that was one of your favorites? You like doing it? Yeah, because it was a challenge. I, you know, That's a challenge different. for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you remember your fastest steeple time? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I could probably look that up, but I don't think it was too fast. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So. I'm get, did Panapinto kind of uh, push you towards that, or was that something you just volunteered yeah, for? Yeah, I, I believe Panapinto, yeah, he pushed me towards it. So, yeah. Very, very cool. Um, now you... We're able to run at Old Miss. Mm-hmm. You did Division One track and field. I did. What events were you up there? So I was mainly distance, but I got injured, so I couldn't really compete. Like I, I was, uh, I would run unattached. Like I only was able to compete in like one meet, so uh, of stress fractures. What you, so, what you injure? Um, it was my like Achilles. Type. Ooh, yeah, like. A so, complete tear or? No, it was just like, it was just a stress fracture. So I had to do a lot of PT. So Okay. And it kind of, yeah. uh, kind of cut your career a little short there? A little bit. Yeah. And it's very intense at that level. It's like a full, you know, full-time job. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Because we would practice twice a day, but I was really, you know, lucky to have the experience. I was going to say, even yeah. just running at that program, like going from running at a high school track and field to mm-hmm. running at a, at a big program like Old Miss, in that one, in that one meet that you did, like, were, was, were you a little shell-shocked? Were you like, oh my, oh my God, I'm running on the oh, big yeah. stage? Or was For it sure. just like, whatever, this is, this is just another race? I mean, I just, I tried to just, you know, do my best and yeah. Ran it like any other race that I've done. And what event? So, what events did you do in that meet? It was just it was the mile. So okay, so the fifteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's got to be. Now I don't think people realize, especially if you do just one or two events, just how long a track and field meet is. Like I'm oh, sure yeah. the the mile is usually somewhere in the middle of the meet. So you've got you've got quite a bit of time. Mm-hmm. Like. Do you ever find that athletes, um, even in high school, that they maybe don't like don't take warm ups as seriously as they should, or oh yeah, or they they don't stretch as much as they should, and yeah, definitely. 
Now at the college level, I'm sure everybody was just like super professional. Like, listen, we're I've got my oh, yeah. I've got it's a my whole mile. Different it's a ball game. Once you're in like the SEC Division One, it's like very competitive. So how were the practices? Oh, rough. <laughs> very Uh-oh. rough. So I just I remember cross country. So there's um this place where Whirlpool Trails. So in the morning we would meet at six a.m. and depending on where we were, like physically and all that we would either run like from six to eight miles in the morning and then we'd get back around four, four thirty, and then we'd run like the same distance or longer. Okay. The same evening. And then we'd like work on, you know, strength and stuff now, too. Now Take, did you taking run, ice baths and all that. Did you run cross country and track and field for mm-hmm. them or just cross or just track and field? Both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So were you able to get into um, more track and field meets and events before your injury? Or So my injury kind of happened in the middle of the season, like during indoor. So. Okay. Yeah. So you were able to do then, you were able to get the majority of your cross country season mm-hmm. in. Yeah. How did you do yeah. on your first season for cross country? Uh, I did all right, you know, considering at that level. It was, um, you know, it's very competitive and you're you know, competing against the best of the best. So now, now, how big is a squad? Like, what's the difference in numbers and scoring and everything from high school to college? Like, is it is it larger teams? Is it uh, yes, different we, scorings? We do have larger teams. So high school, like, take us through what what usually happens in a typical high school cross country meet for uh, scoring, like like in a dual. So meet. if you have like so you seven girls that counts as a full team seven guys and um whoever has the lowest score wins so, so you, you want to get try to get the lowest so if you finish first that's one point you finish second that's two points and so on and so right. on right and then your top so it's your top seven mm-hmm. so for against. ken east would be your top seven from ken east score against the top seven from ken west right and whichever has the lowest number wins yes now Typically, in a, I know in a high school cross country team, if you're let's say the eighth best runner, the ninth best runner, mm-hmm. you still you still run, but you're not counted towards scoring. Correct. correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, is it the same in college where it's top seven, or do they go a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, or is that that top? Do you remember if it's the top <laughs> same that scored? I th- I think it's top seven. I'd have to double check on that though. Okay. <laughs> it's uh yeah been a while and is it the same basic principle where if you're not in the top scoring you still run the meet you still run the course but right you know if you're in the 10th yeah, best they runner did, they, t- they took walk-ons on and i was like i was a walk-on i wasn't like a scot scholarship athlete okay so mm-hmm. um how big was the team like do you remember like roughly like 20 30 40 50 i think there was like 30 of us like girls and boys all in all 30 girls, like 30 girls, like, 30 no, boys, like or together. T- together? Yeah, so like 15, 15. Okay, so relatively um, a smaller smaller group. Right. Were yeah. you able to make it into like the top scorers, like the top uh, runners on the team? Uh, no, I was, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, yeah, no, 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 no. So, yeah, but... Now the courses, compare the courses, some of the courses just to, from running a, a college course to a high school course. Yeah. Like, was it the same distance or are you running further? I know in, in college or in high school, it's a little over 5K. three miles. It's the yep. 5K. Mm-hmm, is it the same distance in college or is it is it further? Do you remember? It's, uh, I believe it's an 8K, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. 
So it's it's a bit it's a little bit longer. Okay, so that would be six k or yeah eight k. Okay, so that'd be I think like four and a half five miles ish. Yep. Okay. Now, Matt, you ran track, but you were more on the sprinter side. Oh yeah. Right. You were more of like ones, twos, hurdles. My endurance sucked. The funny part was I was a soccer player too. I was gonna say you were a soccer player. Your endurance can't be that bad. I was a goalkeeper. Oh, that's true. They don't do much. Um. Now with warm-ups, like how I mean, how would you compare I know there's especially in the track for for sprinters, mm-hmm. there's a lot of time between doing like a 100 and doing a 200. Or if you're in a 100 in the beginning of the race and you're waiting around till the four by one, which is typically at the end of the race, yeah. end of the meet. Um, do you do you remember like just having way too much downtime at oh, some of those meets? I, um... Or was it more like Okay, let me just get this over with. Well, I ran the 200, and I did the 100. So, you know, basically after my races were over, it was like, and then you're just like, okay, who can I hang around with? Like, can I go home? It's like, and, you know, that's terrible. But, yeah, it really was just you just didn't do anything. And you basically hung around with, you know, your fellow sprinters who <laughs> didn't have anything else going on. You might meander around and, like, watch others but that's the one thing that always I've, I've found really interesting about track and field especially coaching it at any team sport like soccer basketball football baseball whatever if you're not playing in the game or if you're on the bench you're sitting there watching the game you're you're invested in the game you're waiting for your chance to get back in the game even right. if you know you're like a third stringer you're still cheering your team on whereas like you were saying if you know that the meet's going to be another two hours, but I've already did my three events, four events, two events, whatever. You have that, uh, can I go home? Mm. Like, okay, this is this is enough. Can I go home? And you get kids that will ask coach, especially at home meets. Mm-hmm. Coach, can I go home? Coach, I'm done. Coach, like, we, re- we don't let our kids really go home. We let them know, hey, you're on hurdle duty. You're on cleanup duty. You're out. cheering your teams on. And, yeah. And it's... It's a sport like a lot of times you really don't get that. Like if you're if you're in a soccer game, you're not going to be on the bench. Uh, coach, can I come back in thirty minutes? Can I like can I just go home? Just like send me a page when I'm about to come in, and I'll come back. I mean, you, it's just it's not like that. And you're not that I really spent a lot of time on the bench, but you're you're just waiting to get in or you're invested in the game. Even if you're hurt, you're still invested in the game. I think it's mm-hmm. funny. <clears throat> I remember like our big home meet of like the year for track. Like we were, you know, we're roaming up on the field and stuff like inside and you know, where it's a home, it's our home meet or like we're super pumped. We're so, people, right. they're blaring music and stuff. And like, you're getting so psyched up. And I think it's ironic now that it's like, everybody's getting so hyped up. But, like, that's only really you. Like, you got to keep that level of energy if your event's, like, way at the end. Like, it, like if you're, like, a person who's about to, like, race, like, right at the beginning, of the, like, you're, you're, you're ready. But, like, if you're just like, all right, I warmed up. I'm not racing for a while. I'm just going to kind of go from super high to just, like, all right. Or especially, like, if you get off of that 100 and you're like, all right, I'm fired up. What's the next race? And then you're like, oh, I'm not running for, like, another hour, nap. two hours. Let's go take a nap. Pretty right. much. And at the college level, Erica, it's got to be even longer. Like, yeah. Because you're not doing – now in college, do they do a lot of dual meets or is it more like invite style where you have like seven, eight, nine different colleges, ten 
different colleges going up up against each other? About like I'd say the same. Well, yeah, no, I'd I'd say we had a a fair share amount of of invitationals. So it's Um, more of like you know multiple multiple schools going against Mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, even during those, did you find whether you were competing or other college athletes, did you find that it was a little more difficult for them to keep that higher level of energy or they were just, they knew, all right, I've got 30 minutes between races. I'm going to go grab a quick, uh, make sure I'm hydrated maybe get, yeah. get a rub down from the trainer, mm-hmm. um, keep my muscles loose. Like were they more, were they didn't need a coach to tell them that they were more oh, yeah. just like for individually sure. motivated, mm-hmm. individually motivated. Definitely. Yeah, they it's because it's a whole different level, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So now, obviously, you have coaches out there where they like in a track meet you get. I mean, even though I'm with the throwers, I'm still at times running over to the check out the distance, running mm-hmm. over to check out the long jumpers, running over to check out this. Your college level coaches was it a little bit more of individualized, individualized yeah, or mm-hmm. especially just at that level because you need like that more of the focus, you know, on each event and everything. But you know, they definitely checked up on the other events, just not as much as like at the high school level. Okay, so. Now, as a runner, as an athlete, did you prefer, like, I know I, I ran cross-country in seventh grade, mm-hmm. um, switched over to soccer. I loved cross-country. I thought it was great. I really wish it was a different season than soccer. Right. Back in my day, back in, you know, in the 50s and 40s, we couldn't do these multiple sports. Marconi didn't laugh at that at first. I think she really thought that I was from the 50s no, and 40s. No, I didn't. I was just, I... <laughs> she looked, she's like, okay. She's like, yeah, I know. She's like, tell me what you think, Grandpa. No, you're not that old. Stop. I know. But no, um, we couldn't do the multiple sports. So there was no, okay, you can be a soccer player and a cross-country player, which I would have loved. I would have absolutely done both cross-country and soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, I did run track and field in the spring, but I always preferred cross-country than track and field. I just found it where... Running around the track was especially. I especially was, if you're a distance. Runner. I was a distance. I did the 32, the the 16. I would do the four by eights. Mm-hmm. It just got boring. Uh, repetitive, yeah. Now it's funny on that part. My times were usually faster on the track as right, opposed to cross country because it's flat. Cause it's flat. The train it's, for cross country is yeah. Um, but I preferred cross country. Did mm-hmm. you have Did you have a preference? Like, were you oh, more yeah. of cross on country. the track or? Cross country, definitely, all the way. I just, you know, running in nature, you have, like, distractions and everything. So it was nice. But like I said, like. You didn't the, go chasing any squirrels, though, did you? you no, know? I stayed on the path. You're funny. Or on the course. <laughs> but like you said, like, it's usually because with cross country in college, like, it can range from, like, a 6K to an 8K. So I, the women, we almost ran more around, like, four miles. So um, with the distance being a little bit longer. No, I still preferred cross country. Yeah, because you know y- you train for the preferred distance. So, yeah. Yeah, I preferred cross country just for, like you said, running in nature, running up the hills, mm-hmm. down the hills. You get in the mud, in the in the elements. It's like it's more fun too. I just. It's more fun on an enjoyable on an en- enjoyment level. I preferred cross country, but 
right. on a competitive level. Even though I only ran cross country the one year as a seventh grader, uh, I would still do road races every now and then. Mm-hmm. But I did so much better on the track. Like, I yeah. was way better on the track. I mean, my mile splits were better on the track. Um, I still, I believe, to this day, hold the freshman record at Niagara Falls for a 505 mile. Um, nice. I've asked, I've asked Coach Morano if he can verify that yet, that it's been broken. He hasn't verified it that it's been broken, so I'm saying I still hold the record. Kudos I, to you, Coach I know. Monahan. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's over there like, yeah, he's the old guy. He's got to live in his glory days. Too bad you're, too bad you're taking, Larry. You could use that to pick up women. <laughs> that's, that's how I used to pick up women. I'd go to the bar and be like, you know, I do hold the freshman record in Niagara Falls High School. It, in it, your college it, days, that's what you said? Yeah, it for, didn't work. Freshman oh record for what? <laughs> the mile. The mile. Ew. No big deal. <laughs> no, I would not use. I had a, I had not a lot of game, but I had a little bit more game than that. Yeah, I would not use that. kid who's like, I have like the record for my pacer test in my elementary school. <laughs> I know people who brag about that. Oh, boy. I don't think we did the pacer in high school. That's how old I am. I can't remember if we did the pacer or not i don't think we ever did well the pacer was around when you were in high school 98 if it was around it wasn't mandatory though i don't think Hmm. maybe we did do it i don't know it's always supposed to be mandatory it's whether or not teachers actually follow it well now it's mandatory in fact i'm starting the fitness gram portion i did the fall pacer test and we're doing the spring spring version of the fitness program where we do pacer tests sit and reach uh push-ups sit-ups all that fun stuff trunk lift Oh, and yeah. every time you'd be like, all right, kids, it's time for the pace. You always get that inevitable, oh, like, oh, man. So we're we're starting our pacer test, our pacer testing now, which the kids absolutely are not looking forward to. Really? They, they despise ex- it. I've never had a bad experience with teaching the pacer test for kids. It's not a bad experience, but they just they just don't want to do it. Gotta turn so then they'll just drop out. Oh, you get the kids like, Listen, don't care. I want you to just try your best. At least give me one, and and you get you inevitably. I'll, I'll you get the kids. There's there's three groups. I like to say that do the pacer test. You'll get that first group of kids where they'll just all right, fine. They'll do one, and, and that's it. They'll cross the line and instantly go to the side. And then you get right. well, you said all I had to do was one. So you get them to just do one. You'll get that group that will. sort of try they might do like maybe five or ten they could probably if they tried hard they could probably get to 20s but they're like eh, this is good enough what's the point i'm just starting to break a sweat i've it's only third period i don't want to be sweaty all day so they'll do just enough they'll do just enough to get like to not get in trouble and then you get the super tryhards. Yeah. Then you get the tryhards that are going up to like 50, 60, 70. I had a kid that go that went to 114 in my elementary school. In my in my elementary school. At elementary school? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Wait, who you went to share? No, you didn't go to Sheridan Hill. Ledgeview. Ledgeview. 114. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Pominville's kid when I was teaching there oh would you have been in that that group like pominville roy i think uh no you would have been too you would have been too no, old for vanix no. kid no pominville was there as a student when i was there doing some field work 
And I watched him do the patient test, and I think he broke 100, too. Oh, okay. Oh, so this would have been recently, then. Well, recently, too. Yeah. For some reason, my elementary school has, like, kids that, like, really go hard for this pacer test. Well, I know when I was subbing in Clarence, uh, Vanek's kid was there, but that was at um, that was at Sheridan Hill, I think, because he had Silverstein as a teacher. I'm surprised he went to Sheridan Hill. I think it was, I think I was subbing the year, the year Vanek got traded. And I think the, uh, I forgot the student's name. I forgot his son's name. But I think he was maybe fourth or fifth grade, and he finished out the year that the Sabres traded him to Montreal. Vancouver. Vancouver. Not Vancouver. Was it Minnesota? I forget where. Yes. They, it was, was it the Minnesota? Wild. They traded him to the Wild. Um, so the son finished out the year, and then they, you know, obviously the whole family moved over to Minnesota. Because I think he got traded, what, January, February-ish, yeah. later in the season? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you get those super tryhards that just, they want to, even if they're the last one running, yep. they still want to beat that, they want to go for the school record, they want to go for the... Were you that were you that super tryhard? Either of you were you that super tryhard in like high school phys ed classes? Yeah, I I was pretty competitive. Were you? Came to like the pacer test or whatnot? Yeah, Matt. So. All right, I'm not. I was. I'm not athletic now. I am, but I was not athletic in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. So like now, I probably could do laps in that. But then I was just like, I think I made like seventy. Okay. That's still good though. I was like, and then I I ran like a mile in like six thirty. Um, okay, so. that's not bad. bad. Yeah, we always got we did get tested on the mile. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we had the physical fit or the 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 fitness gram when I was in school. It was the president. Uh, what was it the presidential fitness test? Yep. Um, so they wouldn't. We didn't have the pacer test. We did the mile sit ups, push ups. Chin ups, yeah, maybe chin ups, pull ups, which I always stunk. I always got the highest level, but I always like struggled with with sit ups. But I was one of those kids. I was the tryhard. I was the I want a good school record. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was the tryhard when those tests came out because there was I forgot what the levels were. You'd get the pre- the 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 presidential whatever, but then there was a, a lower level, or maybe it was gold, silver, bronze. I don't know. I remember those were, and then eventually those were deemed not useful anymore, and they changed it to the fitness gram testing, where it, it deals with more of just as long as you're in your overall um, healthy zone for your age, weight, height, all that kind of fun I never stuff. I did the sit and reach. I hated the sit and reach. This day, I have like zero flexibility. Yeah. Like, I hated the sit and reach. I don't even, that's one of the. I'll pick out a I'll pick out a student. I'll be like, all right, you demonstrate the sit and reach for everybody. I that's one I don't demonstrate. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I hate the sit and reach. Yeah, I could not do it to save my life. Erica, were you more of a flexible? I was flexible. Yeah, where, I was gonna say I could see you for some reason. I could see you like in gymnastics. Like I could yeah. see you doing gymnastics. Did, I did you dance? Not gymnastics. Okay, dancing gymnastics. But ballet, tap, jazz. I was gonna say that's. But then I, I just veered more to, towards sports because I like sports more than I like dance. So. Yeah, I but was yeah. not. I was not f- flexible at all. In fact, Most you had... guys aren't that flexible. Though, no. Especially in high school. In fact, Matt, do they still make you? You're a Canisius. Do they still make you do what is it? Ten weeks of gymnastics. 
for one of your classes? Like, you still have to do the gymnastics class as part of your requirement? What? Oh, we had to do a gymnastics class. Well, wasn't that also part of, like, a dance, too? Yeah, it it's was. like, dance and other stuff It like was, that. like, five weeks of dance mm -hmm. and ten weeks of gymnastics. Um, yeah. Uh, I forgot the, the gentleman, Larry Goldstein. Yeah, Gold... it's all dance now. Oh, it's all dance. They got rid of the gymnastics part. And they made, they talked about tumbling like for one day. Oh my god, we had to wow. do ten weeks on gymnastics. I hated that course. Reed's talked about that. I hated that course. I would have excelled in that course. I didn't like the dance course, but at least the dance course was sort of fun. Like I remember in the dance course, my final exam was doing the electric slide. That was my final exam. I'd, mine was That's capoeira. Capoeira. Yeah. No, we had we what got in, the macarena. That was one of the choices for our final exam. We we were in groups of I think like five or six. We were in groups, and then we had to go in like um, and pick a dance out of the hat, and we had to do we had to you know get together, choreograph, and we had to do that dance for I think it was two minutes, three minutes, or we had to do it one time through. But yeah, that was the that was the song that we picked, and thank God because it was the, it was an easy A. I. There were some that were like tough. Like Macarena was one. That's not tough though. It can get a little tricky it is with if the you're hands. And, like Larry. I was gonna say, with it, if it's tough for me, but there were a couple other ones um, that you're like, "Ooh, man, that kind of stunk." I can't think of them offhand. We got to pick what we wanted to do. Now, did you have to do groups, or did you have yeah, to do individual? Yeah, we had to do groups, but we did capoeira from ours, and I I did my gymnastic <laughs> stretches that I make all my kids do. That's awesome. So at the end of it, like I had like full grown adults. They're just like, oh my gosh, the stretch sucks. And it's like, I have five year olds who can do this. Like, <laughs> right. That. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of stuff that you don't like, Marconi, do you remember if there was any like certain uh, activity, stretch, drill that you hated, whether it was high school or college, like one that you were just like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. To this day, I, I despise track workouts, like interval track workouts, especially at the college level. Um, we had to do four, or no, 20 400s Ooh. for practice. Okay. Yeah. So for those, for on a typical track, a 400 is one lap mm -hmm. around the track. And you had to do that 20 times. Mm -hmm. Now, did you have rest in between? Like how much rest in between? Yeah, we we had like, I think, was it a minute or 30 seconds? And did you have to go all out? But like, were they expecting to go all out every 400? Yeah, to like keep at a steady pace. Yeah. What was your what was a typical four hundred? I know it's it's a little fast for a distance runner, but what was your like my typical time? Like I'd probably say like a a minute and five seconds. Okay, so like a sixty five four hundred, yeah. which isn't a bad which isn't a bad time, not horrible, but you had to pretty much keep that pace for all twenty four hundreds. Yep. Oof. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah, so it was. I I don't think I I think I did like sixteen. <laughs> so I'm sure towards the end yeah. you get that. You hit a wall. Oh, absolutely. So and track and field. Now going back in my days, I remember there were you always get those couple meets where you just whether you didn't perform, the team didn't perform. I remember there was one meet where our coach we lost a meet that we really shouldn't have lost. Everybody like well underperformed, and it was. Pretty much the next day of practice, he said, we're not finishing 
until all of you puke. And we pretty much didn't stop running till everybody puked. We did. You can't do that now. No, you can't do that now. But back in the 90s. Actually, I don't know if you could do that back in the 90s, but nobody was checking up on it. Nobody cared. But this was in high school. This was in high school. So you're talking 94 to 98. But man, I remember the practice. We started off as our warm, like we did our regular warm up. But once we started, it was sprint sprint it was like just several 100s then we got off of that then it was we do two miles on a quick pace then after that it was back for hundreds it was back for repeaters it was just non-stop I mean at one point we were doing shuttle runs up and down the field I mean it was he was just throwing out every possible thing that we could do and Sure enough, one by one, you know, people would start throwing up. People would start yakking, you know, when you're running straight. And it was our rest consisted of, all right, you have 30 seconds. You better get your water and get back on the line because if you're not back on the line, you're going to run even more. I mean, it was he was upset. He we knew he was upset. But at the same time, it was like you can't do anything. No. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I could compare it to was, I don't know if anybody's seen Miracle on Ice when they're just doing Oh, the, yeah, the suicides. Again. I was thinking of that. Again. I was thinking again. Of Coach Carter, too. That's yeah. a good movie. Like when they were doing the suicides oh, yeah. in the gym, too. But if you tried that Great nowadays, movie. Marconi, can you imagine if we tried that with our team nowadays? Oh my God. How quickly we would be out of a job. Yeah. Like Parents would be all over us. Parents would be all over us. Yep. Our ADs would be all over us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be... And rightfully so. I mean, there. don't get me wrong. Trust, like, we're not training them for the Olympics. No. And don't get me wrong. There no. are times in any sport that you coach, you've got to, you know, you've got to lay into your team a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, you've got to, you've got to, you know, lay down the law. But there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do mm-hmm. it. Um, maybe back in the 70s, 80s, that way was okay. Where, but it, you look back, it's just... It wasn't right back then. You could sort of justify it. Now it's it does way more harm than good. Yeah. Like way more harm than good. Yeah. Yeah. I had to run through a hurricane because kids kept on asking to use the bathroom so much during our practice that my soccer coach is like, Well, we're going outside and made us just run around probably in <laughs> thunder and lightning. Just kept running and running and running and running for the amount of times that people asked to go to the bathroom shot the season. Jeez. <laughs> Probably not great to run when it's lightning out. I was like, is this cold? And like, in my head, I was like, we just learned about like swamp foot and stuff. <laughs> like, isn't this really kind of wrong? But what is it called when you're like, you get like your foot wet when you're running? Or not really just like running, just like. The athlete's foot? No. That's a, that's, that's not, that's a disease. Yeah, that's yeah a but you get it from like fungus, fungus. from like mold yeah. and stuff. But it's like, oh gosh, like, I don't know, my one phys ed teacher in middle school, when we ever had to run the mile, he was like, don't run through a puddle else you're going to get this. And like, Mud foot? I don't know. No, like, and it was like hot foot or something like, hot foot? or something that didn't know. make sense in my head because it was like, your foot's wet. 
but the term he used had nothing to do with wetness. It's just very uncomfortable. Stinkfoot. It is uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. I don't know if there's a name for and that. And it makes it harder because your feet get heavy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was the one thing I, I mean, I liked playing in, in rainy games in soccer, but at the same point, when your cleats are drenched, yeah. they just become so heavy. You can't, I mean, it's it stinks. Yeah. And it's, there's nothing worse than the sweat begins and the water ends. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than at the end of a run or at the end of a soccer game or any kind of game when you're in the run and taking off your cleat and just seeing your just nasty foot. And especially if it starts like you get uh, blisters or anything on there from just running so long or playing so hard in the rain. It's awful. And sometimes, I mean, just from running in the rain, you got to like soak your like, wow, this stinks. Like I've got to take a day or two off. Yeah. Well, I think that's why my dad like got to the point where he would just make me take my cleats off outside and leave them outside. Yeah. Oh yeah. Air out. It's just like your feet smell terrible. Yep. Like hockey equipment. Like, oh, oh, oh those hockey worst. bags. Yeah. You no see thanks. them, you're like, don't open those doors. The worst is my my youngest brother Richie. He's a he was a hockey goaltender. Oh wow. Just the pads, like the pads, the bags, like his hockey equipment would. Dink. It soaks up so much sweat. Yeah. And it's just, and it's not like you can, I mean, you can't sit there and wash the pads. You can't sit there and wash all the, you know, I mean, you wash your jersey, obviously, but right. I mean, you can only Febreze something for so long <laughs> where even Febreze doesn't work anymore. Until it grows a tolerance. I mean, man, just the, the goalie equipment, the, it just stunk. Oh, yeah. Like it stunk. And at the same time, you don't want to tell them, you know, put that outside because the stuff is expensive as hell. Oh, yeah. yeah. So people will steal it even if it smells like crap. Yep. Like, oh, okay. But yeah. no, hockey equipment, one of the stinkiest. So, Marconi, what got you into coaching? Like, tell us how you, how you, well, became a coach. Okay. Well, like I so I graduated with a bachelor's in sports and recreation administration and a minor in psychology. And then I don't know, just looking back like to my high school days, like I always really looked up to my coaches and I even ended up like nannying for one of them uh after being away. Um and I was just, you know, trying to find a job here and there and um I don't know the coaches like they make a lasting impression and um uh. You know, I always like to try to make a positive difference for kids and, um, you know, teach them about perseverance, grit, hard work, you know, all that. So if there was an opportunity, then I wanted to take it. And there was, lucky enough. So all in the timing. So now how did you find out about the positioning? Because I know when... Before I took over the program, or before I took over the girls' program, mm -hmm. I was the assistant coach to uh, Jennifer Stanton, Coach Stanton, okay. who did a great job with the program. Thankfully, and I learned a ton from her. Thankfully, I had mm -hmm. uh, uh, a great coach to look up to. I I was her assistant for I want to say four or five years, okay. maybe a little longer, maybe six. I forgot uh, exactly how many we worked together, but great oh. person to work together. Yeah, um, she decided. Uh, for whatever reason, for personal reasons, to step down. She called me before she was stepping down and, and asked if I wanted to take over the program. She explained that she wasn't going to do it this year, mm -hmm. um, told me why, and I'm not going to share reasons, but she said she's just not going to do it. Right. So I instantly, you know, said, okay, I, I'll, I'll step up, took over the program, and then I got a call 
I think two days later from our athletic director, Brett Banker, who, <laughs> who, you know, recommended you for the position, asked me if I had started looking at some of, uh, some of the candidates and if I wouldn't mind, you know, talking to you about it. How did you, like, did, did Mr. Banker come to you? Did you just hear about it and go to him? Like, how, tell us a little bit about the process, how you got it. Uh, yeah, so I actually, so I started coaching at the modified level first. Okay. Um, and it's funny because I, I, I was just doing, you know, once I moved back home, I was just doing, uh, you know, track workouts at Crosby Field. And, you know, Coach Catalano, mm-hmm. he was coaching the Mount St. Mary girls. Um, and so I volunteered with that. And then... Um, and then I got the whole modified, so I started at that level, and then I did hear about, I think Banker, he reached out to me because I was looking at a position with the Mount girls, and like that same day when I had the interview, Banker like called me and was like, wait, there might be a, another option, so, which, yeah, uh, so, you know, I... That's how it all... And then I met with you, and... And we met. Yeah. Do you remember what happened on that first meeting? Yeah, you went to the wrong spot, <laughs> coffee, and I was just waiting for a while. I was like, oh, boy. So we... Miscommunication <laughs> uh, Mr. There. Banker, Brett, had had given me your number and said, why don't you talk to Erica first? She's... I, I think he did tell me that you had a little experience coaching Modified. Yeah. told me about your D1 experiences at Old mm-hmm. Miss. So he said she'd be a great candidate, and I had called you, and we agreed to meet at spot at one of the spot coffees. Right. And Matt, you know me. Sometimes I don't do well with directions <laughs> or with so not thinking or not asking you which spot coffee I went. I forgot which one I went to, but you I went downtown. I went downtown. And I was at the one on Delaware in Kenmore. So I'm. Walking around downtown, got there like a little early or whatever. But, like, are you here? Are you? And she's like, yeah, I'm here. Like, I don't see you. Can you tell? And then finally we figured out that I was at the wrong one. So got in the car and, you know, made it back to the right one where we finally met. And I think you were waiting for me for, what, like 40 minutes, a half an hour or whatever to get yeah, there. Something like that. It's no big deal. But finally, you know, sat down, talked. You were able to introduce yourself, tell me about your experiences. And, you know, I called Brett back that night and said, all right, let's offer the position. So the rest was history. Um, tell us a little bit about your experiences, though, the first the first season there. Like, just was it eye-opening? Was It, it was eye-opening, yes. It uh, was very different from cross-country. Uh, there's always a lot going on. I'm still learning to this day, too, because, you know, with COVID and everything, we didn't have a season. Yeah, because you were there the year before COVID. Right. And then would have been your COVID would have been your second season. Correct. So. Yes. You got a season under your belt. Mm Mm-hmm. And then um, talk a little bit. Well, keep going about your first season. So what was what was some of the big stuff that you did in your first season? Um, let's see. Well, just like getting introduced to like. Um, kids, like they were very welcoming, you know, applauded that. That was really sweet. I don't know. I I was very excited and they, they seemed like a great group of kids from when I met them and they turned out to be a great group of kids. So, um, yeah. And then just, you know, but like I said, all the different events, it was like very eye-opening because it's, um, it's different like when you're an athlete versus a coach, you know? So, 
um, just like with the events and like helping with the hurdles and just making sure everyone, you know, is on time and like doesn't miss their event and, you know, especially for like newcomers and rookies. Um, for yeah. sure. But I do, I, the one meet that really stands out is when, I don't know, I think it was April or whatnot and where were we? Was it Depew or, and everyone was in blankets. It was like 30 degrees. Um, yep. Yeah, that was, you know, because you want to think, oh, track and field during the spring, warm. Not in Buffalo, though. No, there are yeah. definitely early on, and Matt, I'm sure you can attest to this, some of those early track and field meets where you're bundled up, like, in, you know, whatever warm stuff that you can find. you got to layer up. Stupid Buffalo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Matt, did you ever have a track where it snowed, like a track meet where it snowed? I remember one of the first ones, I think it was my first or second season when I was working with Jen, uh, Coach Stanton, mm-hmm. our, we had a sweet home invite, and right after the first event, after the hurdles event, it just started snowing. And pretty much, it wasn't like, wasn't like a lot of snow, wasn't like pounding snow, whatever, but pretty much kept snowing the rest of the meet, which was horrendous. It was a meet where... We saw the we had seen the weather forecast and we kept an eye on the weather forecast. Even that day, we're like we're the four of us were getting together. We're like, do we really want to go? Should we go? This is gonna. Sure enough, we ended up. We made a commitment. We went, and it was one of the worst meat experiences of my life. Like at that point, and I hate to say this, but at that point you're not even so much worried about the kids' times or the kids' distances. You're just like, okay, get your events done so we can get on the bus and just go home. Like, you're just, you're shivering. You know the kids are shivering, so you know they're not going to get anywhere near their PRs. You know they're not going to do anywhere near their best. It's just like, okay, let's get through this meet as quick as we can so that we can get out. But, yeah, it snowed almost the entire meet, which was awful. But... And I got to say, Marconi, you handled your first season, or Erica, I keep calling you Marconi just because I'm okay. used to being on the track. No worries. So y- you handled your first, you handled your first season like a pro. Did I? I don't know about You handled that. your I, first season like a pro. I'm, okay, I don't know, but thank you. Now, yeah. Matt, you know how sometimes, whether you're a first-year athlete or a first-year coach, do you ever get sometimes where you get the older staff that kind of doesn't give you some grief, but maybe they like to have a little fun with you or maybe, you know, mess around with you a little bit. Like maybe do a few pranks or yeah. just to kind of, you know, where you're, what's it called? Uh, you earn your stripes or you uh, technically you pay your dues. Now looking at it, it's like, oh, that's bullying. And you're just not like, bullying, oh, not right. bullying. You, but, Marconi, do you remember a few of the uh, quote-unquote pranks that we we – we sort of pulled on you. One that I'm thinking of, not that we did many, but one that I'm thinking of, the, the Ken West invite. Yeah, where... Coach Pampino and uh, <laughs> Medoran, you know, like what were you, you wanted me to shoot the gun and I like took it literally. I was, oh. Yeah. So. I'm gullible. You can't do that, but I'm learning. I'm getting better, I think, as the, as the seasons go on. So when we got on the bus to get to, now the Ken West invite, it's what, five, ten minutes from our school. It's a very short bus ride from Kenny's to West. So when we got on the bus ride, I told Erica that 
at today's meet, she was going to be the official starter. She was going to be, you know, the quote unquote, the ceremonial starter. So she was going to start the first race. So she was nervous, excited, you know, let her roll on a little bit. The, one of the coaches there, Mike Panapinto, he heard me talking about it and he totally went with it. He's like, all right. And in fact, he brought you over to the official, yeah. like before he's like, all right, Erica, here you go. You're going to have to fire the gun. Like we had you pretty much convinced that you were going to fire the, mm-hmm. fire the opening ceremony mm-hmm. gun until I think she looked over to me and saw me like on the floor laughing hysterically yeah, yeah, yeah. and finally okay, realized that up. it wasn't, but it's, it's, now it's simple things like that that we again we didn't give it to you that much but i think stuff like that and having the kids see you go through stuff like that it's just they know that you're there and you like i said you rolled with it like a tramp you were roll up you're like hey where's the gun let's go let's shoot it let's you just you took it and tried and even after yeah. when you when you realized that we were quote unquote messing with you a little bit or you just looked like okay Haha, ha, I'll get you back, which I you did, about it. which you did. You definitely got us back, you know, later on with some gags and some jokes, which was good, which was good, which Do is it how right it's supposed to. to. Now, as as working with a how how important is it? Do you feel to work with somebody as an assistant or as a head coach or whatever? And I know you've worked with uh, with Tim during cross country. Mm-hmm. How important do you feel it is working with somebody who you can get along with, somebody who you can be goofy with, somebody who not only that you can be goofy with and work and get along with, but just somebody that you respect too? Oh, definitely. Very important. Like if you don't get along with, you know, your head coach, then that's just, you know, a map for disaster because you got to, you know, show your team that. I don't know that you can be a team with your head coach. You Absolutely, know, yeah, you set an example. Now, yeah. during that during that first season, did you ever get at, at any point in the season? Did you ever kind of feel like at some point you were in over your head a little bit? Like I know, I know for me, yeah. even with soccer and track and field, mm-hmm. there were times in my first seasons going way back. I was like, "Ooh, this is a lot." Like you, you kind oh, of yeah. have that. You have that a little bit, ooh, okay, yeah. wait, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. Uh, you kind of get overwhelmed, you whether do. you know a ton about the sport or very little about the sport. Mm-hmm. It can be a lot early on in your career. Did you did you have that that early on feeling? Yeah, I think probably at one of the first invitationals, I, I definitely felt that way a little bit. We're just kind of things were going like a mile a minute yeah, almost. Yeah, like, there's always something going on you have to like keep track of. You know, now, what did you do? Did you kind of um, like what helped you get through it? Did you talk to other coaches? Did you kind of just, yeah, I just grin kind and of bear it? What like other coaches were doing and I just kind of rolled with it. Or if I had a question, like I would just ask, you know, someone or whatnot and just try to really pay attention and just talk myself through it and just learn as I go. Now, so. And one thing that we've talked about, and I've talked about this with the Niagara Falls coach uh, when we had him on, Rich Morano, mm-hmm. just how much of, I mean, obviously every every coach is there for their school, but you're also, you also help out other kids from yeah. other schools. You all, it, track is a very communal sport. Oh, yeah. Like, I know uh, we've had Megan, M- Megan Smith on from Niagara Wheatfield, and Matt, you work, w- or you, uh, one of her student, you'll be her student teacher next semester and you're doing observation hours with her, 
We had Michelle White on from Grand Island, Rich Morano from Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. Still trying to get Marty and Mike from Ken West, but they're they're being tough. But it's it's more of a communal sport. We had yeah. Dan Dan on from East, mm-hmm. um, Dan Norton. But it's it's unlike it's a sport unlike anything else where right. you're if you see a kid struggling and it's he's not or he or she isn't from your school. You're still going to go over and help them. You're still going to go over sure. and give a tip. Mm-hmm. If you see another coach struggling where maybe you can give you can give their athlete a little bit of help in a different mm-hmm. perspective, you go over and you help that coach out or if yeah. they need a hand with anything. Where in a lot of other sports, especially, you know, team sports, you don't really Do that. see that as much. Right. You know, you might see, all right, once, once in a while or they're going to help, but you're not going over as a soccer coach. Well, coach, we're running this formation. You know, you might want to play this defense because that's going to help you beat us right. in this formation. You're not going over and giving them tips. Yeah. Whereas, you know, there's been countless times for shot and disc. I'll go over and, all right, watch your flick or mm-hmm. you've got to watch your spin here. You're overstepping it. You're understepping it. And it doesn't matter where the, what school the kid is from. Right. You just right. try to help them out a little bit. Yeah. Um. Did that take you a little bit of time to get used to, or were you just just being ingrained in it from a, as an athlete on the high school level and the college level? Was it just something you just walked right in and found it normal? I felt like it was pretty much normal. Um, like I said, because I don't know, even, like I feel like runners, you know, or track and field, you don't have to be running shot disc, whatever. Like just even from being an athlete, like you just learn to just have a good. Sport, sportsmanship, um, have a good attitude towards each other. And, yeah, I, they're like the nicest kids ever. Now, was it like that, especially in such a big division like the SEC, mm-hmm. was it like that at the college level too, or was it a little bit more cutthroat where I'm not telling you anything, kid? Right. Well, as far as like with athletes. With the athletes and even with, with the coaches. Yeah, well, with the athletes um, – you know, after like a big race or whatever, like if it was, you know, very close, like they'd still, you know, handshake or like say good job to each other. Um, and coaching, I'd say it's probably a little bit more on the friendlier level, like in high school versus college, but still, like you do help out other athletes, like they did help out like other athletes from other teams and everything. Now, even did you talk to, like, would you notice getting in conversations with other athletes from other schools, Mm -hmm. like asking them for tips, training tips, or finding out, like, hey, you know, I noticed you had a really strong kick at the end there, you know, or my kick's not so hard. You know, can you, do you have anything, like, did you, as athletes, do you kind of, like, share different workout tips, or is it still? different, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I remember doing that, definitely talking to, uh, so there's like in, an invitational, I forgot what it was called, but it was in like the Twilight Run or against Memphis. Um, well, there were a lot of other schools there, but I just remember talking to a girl and I know she was very friendly and like open about like her strategy of the race and everything because it was my first time running the course and stuff. So, yeah. I was going to say, I could trend. see I could see mm-hmm. the being at the at college level. I was a little curious if it was just more of – I'm not helping you. You're a competitor. I'll right. talk to you like when we graduate, but yeah. as opposed to when we're going against each other, mm-hmm. you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. No. Yeah. I, and it depends, I suppose. 
I guess it would depend on the athlete too. Yeah. Because I'm sure even in high school, you get some of those athletes that, nope, Mm -hmm. I'm not. Why would I give you tips on how to jump farther? Right. Why would I give you tips on how to throw farther? Yeah. When I graduate, then I'll I'll give you tips. But yeah, I I was just a little curious as if if it was way more of that at the college level, or if there was still that overall communal feel. Of There's running. still a communal feel, but like I said, it's not as much as it is in high school. So you still, so. so I guess you get a little bit more of the competitiveness, not competitiveness, a little bit more of the, uh-uh, I'm keeping this to my, for myself. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Now that's one thing, especially, and I think it was, it's such an important part of track and field, like just getting just getting to talk to so many different athletes from different high schools around the area. Mm-hmm. As athletes, I remember that was the best thing about going to a Saturday invite mm-hmm. is you would see, you know. You get to know different You would see like athletes. 10, 15, 20 cool. different schools. And usually in your high school career, it was the same kids running every year. So you'd it was almost like just seeing an old friend. Like, hey. Yeah. You know, what are you running this year? I'm going to beat you this year. You know, a little friendly mm-hmm. trash talk. Yep, yep. But at the same time, after your races, you're going over and just talking, congratulating them. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's really a, a fun sport. I agree. It Good really people, is. too. Good people. <laughs> no, I'm not biased, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... Matt, did you ever find, like, like what were your favorite points? Like, did you like more of the dual meets? Did you like more of the invites? Were you like more of the the home meets? Like, what was your feel as a track runner? Um, I don't know. I don't even like track. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Now, there. that's one thing with track. You get a group of kids where they're just, some do it just to stay in shape for sport, whatever sport their main is. Some do it to be super competitive. Some do it just to be a part of a team because it's typically a non-cut sport, so they just want to be a part of a sports team. Right. So, Matt, were you, were you, did you do it more to stay in shape for soccer then or just? I, I just did it kind of to add to, like, getting, like, my letter and stuff just, like, for, like, sport. So more of, like, the social aspect, more yeah. of just I want to be a three-sport athlete yeah, type I just, of deal. I, yeah, and then I was like, I did it for a year, and I was like, this I was like, <laughs> I, I, not for me. Like, I get it running and soccer. Okay, I was like, I don't do too much of that. And I was like, running to run. No, I'm not. I'm not that. You want to be chasing a ball? Well, I don't yeah, know. And chasing something. Like, oh, you're going to invitationals, and I'm just like, oh, cool for what? They're like 800. I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, how many times did I run a track? And then, and then I was like, no, no yeah. more. And that's the one, and we've got our first invitational this coming Saturday way out in Batavia. And that's one thing I think that the kids, it's good because at a dual, at a dual meet, everybody runs. Right. Whether you're varsity, whether you're JV, whether you're exhibition, everybody's going to get into their events. Some of them, you can do up to four events. So some of them are doing four events. Some of them are only doing one or two. Everybody's running something. Whether you compete in your top three in your varsity or your JV or, or exhibition, you're, you're competing in something. Right. Then you have your Saturday invites where it's typically varsity only. Mm-hmm. You're taking your top two or three sprinters, your top two or three jumpers, your top two or three distance, mid-distance throwers. And do you find as a coach, like a lot of times I'll use it where, guys, I don't make the invite lineups. You make the invite lineups. If you want a spot, 
I like I said, I coach shot and disc. If you want to go to that invite, I'm not the one that tells you. You go. You tell me. Go out and beat so and so ahead of you. Right. Go out and throw the top three. You know, when we're at a duel, if you throw 35 and that's one of our top three throws, then you're going to Saturday's invite. Yeah. Do you find that that kind of motivates the kids a little bit more? I do. Yeah. Or you're always going to mm-hmm. get those kids that just, eh, okay. I think it depends on the kid, too, and, like, their discipline and if they're super serious about it. So. I agree. And you always, yeah. like I said, you get those tears where some of them are just there to be there. Right. It For me, it's always funny when you get you get one of those kids that starts off the season as there just to be there. Right. But then they realize, hey, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. And, and then so they, they start getting better harder. and try harder and mm-hmm. try harder. And put more effort into it. And, and next yeah. thing you know, they're one of your top two or three or even top one yeah. in the event, which I, I love that moment where oh, you yeah. just, and you can see it in your kid. Typically we do time trials throughout the years Yep. and you just, you see it after that first time trial where they, not only are they winning their race, whatever group they're in, but they look at their time. Whoa, I did that, that fast. Or they get another ring. Whoa, I threw what? Yeah. It's what? the best things to see as a coach to see the improvements and how far they've come. And yeah, absolutely. That's, I love it. Looking back, and this will be the last question, then we'll get into our hot seat questions. Now, Marconi, for our hot seat questions, we always have our guests come up. We do five questions about oh boy. anything. Could be about anything. Okay. So we always have our guests ask one or two questions as well. So you got to think of something for us. Oh, jeez. But before we get into our hot seat, what would you think the biggest thing is, or the biggest change in the way you coach now as to w- the way you coached, like when you first started out, whether you first started out coaching with me or you first started coaching out with Mount St. Mary's, like wh- what do you think your your biggest your biggest change in coaching, or just the biggest things you've learned, or um, just like something like wow, I can't believe I was coaching like that five years ago or four years yeah. ago, as opposed to how I'm coaching now. Oh, geez. Um... <laughs> This is kind of a hot seat question. Uh, it but. is. You're putting me on the spot here. Um, I well, like I've definitely learned a lot, and I've definitely, um, you know, I think not to take everything so seriously too. Um, of course, you have to be like serious, but just like not to be to have fun along with having like being, you know, disciplined. Um, so and just knowing that you you're the coach and like you set the guidelines um so because you know how sometimes I know like modified coaching uh those kids like you know they're at that weird age where I don't think they can handle their emotions very well so we had the little problems there but like at the more at the high school level like um, you know, I'm still at that age where sometimes I can't handle my emotions that well. Either. Yeah, I know. Me too. Right. Um, but then you have like your, you Only know, during football games though, uh, the, but the older, um, track and field kids, like the veterans, you know, you can kind of trust them to like, uh, you know, set a good guideline for the rookies and like the first year. So it's good to like have them, you know. Uh, know that they're responsible too. So like uh, I guess leaning on them a little bit more, like not being able, like not having all the like 
work on your shoulders, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, being able to yeah. spread it around a little bit. Right, exactly. Um, leaning on your athletes. Yes, leaning on them. Not like on like a ton, but you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then just, you know, I don't know, like every invitation and meet is different. So you just kind of learn from each one. Um, but I definitely think I've gotten more maybe mature, like with the, with coaching throughout the years. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So Absolutely. I think you've I, gained a little more confidence. Yes. I think definitely. each season you gain a little more confidence. Mm -hmm. And I and think like more, you're more familiar with like how, you know, the invitational slash meets go and like all that. So. Absolutely. And like I said, you continue to do a great job. Well, thank so. you. And I know sometimes I can be a little gruff on the track, I'm sure. No. But I hope it's... Mativier now. Uh-oh, no, uh-oh, calling out Mativier. <laughs> no, and, and that's one thing that, especially with sports like track and field, where there's uh, five of us. If you, I mean, Coach Brunger is there almost as much mm -hmm. as we are, and even though he's a volunteer coach, it's you really, I think it's so important that you just get along with the people that you coach for sure. Like even, you know, I when I shared the story about, you know, you know, having that little, having that little prank or that little fun with you. Right. There's so many stories that I could share about, you know, pranking or messing with Dan, Dan mm -hmm. messing with, uh, with me. Right. Um, it's when you get together with a really good group, strong group of coaches, it's fun to just mess with people. Yeah. Even, and, and throughout the NFL, just coaching, Mm -hmm. where you know if you've you've coached long enough, you know all, and you get along with all the coaches in the league. Right. Where sometimes you pull pranks on some of those coaches or yeah. you, you you mess with them a little bit. And it it just makes the day go by so much better, so much mm -hmm. faster, just so much fun. And it's just, it makes it enjoyable. It does. It sure. makes it enjoyable. Yes, I agree. Matt, should we start the hot seat? Sure. You think it's that time? Matt's ready. All right. <laughs> All right. Matt, do you have question number one? Yeah. Uh-oh. All right. Matt's leading us off with our hot seat question. Question number one. So say you're like a professional athlete or what have you, and, you know, in, in a sport that you can get traded to or like you get traded, what would okay. be your, like, ideal – well, first, it depends on your sport, but, you know – Whatever your sport is, what would be your like your ideal like place to go? Like, where would you want to get like traded to? Like, what kind of fan base would you want to be like playing for? So you're, oh, hmm. like for me, I would love like, to go to like I don't know some place like Seattle, some place like where they have like a really hardcore fan base. For well, some. I was gonna say now, are we talking about more of like wanting to be traded because of the fans, or wanted to be traded because of the location? Well, like the, I, like, like the weather I, I or like, all I like Seattle. One. Like I mean, you could be for the whole thing. Like for Seattle, for me, like I don't care. Like I like the whole atmosphere and the fan base. It's not like oh, but the weather can be like like I've never been there. But the weather, I mean, it's just rainy all the time. So I mean, like I'm not. I, I want cool city. I, it is a cool city, and like you got like it's a coffee capital of I don't know, Starbucks. Of the Starbucks US. was created there, was it? I think yeah, Starbucks came from Seattle, yeah. Yeah. I had no idea about that. Absolutely. Why do you think it's a coffee capital of the world? Well, one of the reasons, oh, I guess. I don't know. No, Touche. Starbucks. Touche. Starbucks was uh, created, invented, whatever started. 
Yeah, but there. you're on the West Coast. You just drive down the coast and you get to Cali. Very true. All right, so you're going Seattle? Yeah, why not? Now, would you be a member of the Seattle Seahawks or the Seattle Kraken? You know, I kind of want to go for the Kraken because they're up and coming. So I feel like it's still like a fresh thing. Okay. Okay. Still a little buzz There's around. There's no hope lost. <laughs> no hope lost. Okay. Uh, Erica, do you have an answer? So what city would you want to be traded to? I'm still thinking of this one. I definitely say Buffalo Bills fans are pretty awesome, but I wouldn't want to stay here, obviously. Some are warm. I don't know. I like North Carolina. So what is that? The Panthers? So the Panthers. Ooh. I played football. Okay. Either Florida's that. Florida's fun too, but you know it's a little hot. Little like humid. The Miami yeah. Dolphins, a little humid. I, I lived there and I oof, eight months, so that's all I lasted. So. Now in Carolina, would you want to be the Panthers for the football team, or would you want to be the Hurricanes for the hockey team? Ooh, would, I love I like hockey. So you'd be on the Hurricanes. Go, yeah. go the Hurricanes. Or not okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um. You know what? I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Tennessee. I think the what? Titans. The Titans. I was just gonna say the Titans. Tennessee they might not have the. They might not have the best fan base. Like I'm not gonna lie. Probably that Bills game. There were way more Bills fans there than Titans fans. I'm sure. But for me, I always like kind of playing. In, I preferred playing like the spoiler in front of the away crowds anyway. So that doesn't bother me. I'm going more for. I just would be like just a cool area. Do you like country music? Don't hate it. Not a huge fan of country music. Because it's all over the place. I know it's Tennessee. all over the place in Tennessee. But I don't know. For some reason, that's the first. That's the first. Uh, Climately, though, it's not terrible. Climately, it's not bad. Plus, it's a no-tax state, so no income tax. There I could you see go. you going to Calgary. I could do Calgary, too. In the winter? Although, that'd be way too cold. In the dead winter? It could be worse. It could be way up there in Winnipeg. It's true. Way up there, and like the—that's where all the snow. That's where all the cold air comes from. That, yeah, that is true. Winnipeg is a terrible, terrible place <laughs> to like go during the winter. Beautiful in the summer. Canada's beautiful in the summer. Oh, absolutely. Terrible in the winter. That's why we need we forget putting the wall up down around Mexico. We need to put it up to, in Canada. Keep that cold air out. There is a wall. It's basically called the wall of snow and like ice. <laughs> But for whatever reason, I'm saying, I'm, I don't know, Tennessee just popped into my head, so I'm going to say Tennessee. Tennessee. I'm going to say, uh, and you know what? I'm going to go, I'll stick with hockey. I'll go with the Predators. Nice. I'll stay on the ice. I'll go with the Nashville Predators. Oh, yeah, the, the Predators. I was, like, trying to think so hard. I was like, what's the <laughs> hockey team for Tennessee? Oh, uh, it's just like, uh, the Stars? And I'm like, no, that's Dallas. <laughs> Dallas would be kind of cool, but after a while, I'd get, after a while, I'd get annoyed. Tornadoes and hot. It is hot, and it is another no tax state. But do you your taxes? Maybe, listen, give me my money. Keep my money. Go to Mexico for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> on your off season. America. All right. So off that was season. That was a good question. So all right, Erica, do you have one, or do you want me to go you here? Go, and then I'll think of one. All right. Let's see. What do I have? I had a good question coming over, and I, and I lost it. You know, a man of my age, I tend to forget things. All right, let's see. Okay. All right, we, we I, guess, I think we sort of did this question before, but we're going to rephrase it a little bit. So Easter just passed. Not your favorite, not your favorite holiday, 
But your out of all the holidays, your favorite holiday tradition, whether it's a family tradition, whether it's a friend tradition, a favorite tradition that you do during holiday time. And again, it could be any holiday, but what's a favorite mm. tradition of yours that whether you do with friends or family come holiday time? White elephant gift. Oh god. White <gasps> what is a white elephant gift? It's like gift? Christmas exchange game where like people buy Oh, them. is that where like you take a gift but yeah. then you could trade it or yep. steal somebody's yeah. you can either or... ruin or strengthen relationships depending I think on it's it. fun. It's fun though. I never understood that. So like you you pick it so I, if I'll the gifts are all on the table, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm the first one to pick, do I pick a gift and then open it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I pick a gift and open it. Let's say I open it and I find uh, a pair, of, like an iPad in yeah. there. Then if you want, if you're the next one to go, you can steal that iPad yeah. from me mm-hmm. or you can choose another gift. Yeah. Correct. Now, when you steal, so it, if you steal that, couldn't just everybody keep stealing that iPad? That's basically the point. Yeah. Kind of. Except if she stole it from you, then it'd be your turn, but you can't steal it back that turn. Right. It can only be, like, an item can only be stolen once per, like, cycle. Oh, so it can only be, so if I, so if she steals it from me, mm-hmm. you can't steal it from her? No, I could steal, like, I could steal from her, but, like, say you, like, it can I, only be stolen once from somebody, and, like, you can't automatically steal it back from the person that stole it from you. And since be, since she but, since she stole that gift, I open up another gift? Correct. So you could either so say if it was just you two that went first, then you could just pick another gift. If all three of us went and she stole it from you, you could steal my gift. You could pick another gift, but I couldn't steal the Correct. iPad back. But if you stole my gift, I could steal the iPad. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. And then she wouldn't be able to steal it back from me. So that iPad's gonna get like stolen a whole mess. Basically, of times. it always ends up like somebody bought like a really fire gift and everybody just steals that one. And then everybody just gets end up like, oh, I got like beef jerky. I got a flannel that's like double XL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or then I'm, I could see people getting upset, but like, how come nobody wanted my gift? How exactly. come nobody stole my gift? But there's usually a price limit, right? Yeah, yeah. there is. So yeah. usually it's trying to avoid. An office escapade that isn't known in the office. <laughs> That's the, the only I reason I've seen it for, yeah. for from the office episode. Okay, so White Christmas, that's your favorite holiday tradition? Nasty, nasty Christmas, um, I've heard it called. White Elephant. Or sorry, White Elephant, White yeah. Elephant. I think it's fun. Okay. <laughs> Matt, do you have a favorite, again, any holiday any holiday traditions, family, friends? Uh, no, I don't like getting together with my family for holidays. Um, I like doing my own thing. So Halloween, I like to... Drink apple cider, watch, watch donuts. Yeah, drink apple cider, eat donuts, and watch like cartoon TV Halloween movies. What about Hocus Pocus? Hocus Pocus works. Yep. Um, Halloween Town from Disney. Oh yeah, that's a classic. The Scary Godmother. Uh, that one was a weird animated okay. one too. Stuff like that, not like super scary stuff, but like mm-hmm. you know, classics from back in the day. Okay. There you go. I yeah. could see that. All right, I'm going. Listen, I consider the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday, a holiday. Of course you do. So, so I, <laughs> I'm going our Super Bowl, uh, ah. Super Bowl tradition at the house. And uh, Vicky and Sarah were doing this before I came into the picture. But uh, Vicky, my wife, Sarah, my stepdaughter, they had a tradition that they incorporated me when I when I came into the picture. About it'll be eight years in June now. They. 
during halftime of Super Bowl, the Super Bowl, uh, they have a whipped cream fight. So they'll just we usually buy like three or four or five, six, whatever of the uh, the shake up oh, wow. ready whip or whatever. So it starts off with uh, my wife, Vicky. She makes like a cake in the shape of a football, like a chocolate cake. So it usually starts. We'll, we'll eat the cake. And the next thing you know, somebody strikes first with whipped cream and then the house gets destroyed. It gets a mess. There's whipped cream everywhere. But it's just a lot of the dogs love it because they end up licking up the whipped cream off the floor. But it just ends what up being <laughs> it ends up being that I've incorporated silly string. So I brought silly string one year or whatever. Don't and let the dogs eat it. The dogs don't eat the silly string. No, but I, I brought in silly string and, and did a sneak attack with silly string where I had I turned a corner and had like two cans of silly string waiting there. And I turned a corner as they were chasing me with whipped cream. I grabbed the silly string and chased them with silly string. I don't know. It was just a lot of fun. So that's my favorite holiday tradition because I consider the Super Bowl I hope a holiday. I invite somebody over someday without them aware of what goes on. They're in for a treat. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. That that would be fun. Yeah. I mean, Sarah's, Sarah's in Syracuse now, so I'm sure, you know, once the once the boyfriend starts coming around, you know. She's got a boyfriend? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, oh okay. So... I was gonna say, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm sure we'll, you know, that'll will. I now see that could be a tradition where if you go to somebody's house for a Super Bowl party, or a Super Bowl party, and you try incorporating that tradition at their house without them knowing, that could get a little dicey. Yeah, that could get a little dicey. For sure. But like, what do you mean? Why are you kicking me out? It's a tradition. <laughs> Dude, it was a joke. <laughs> Jeez. I didn't know you were allergic. Oh my gosh, that would be bad. All right, Marconi, you're up. Question All three. Right. What do you got for us? Most embarrassing moment. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Most embarrassing moment. Matt, I see you laughing. Can you think of one over there? I got a lot. I mean, yes, I threw up in front of a conference room of like 1,200 people. You threw up, like, just, like, ugh, explain that. Um, I was, I was in a choir in high, in college, and we had to do, like, a performance slash, for a conference in Rochester at, like, 8 in the morning. Let's just say I made, so I stayed up late on a Friday night in college. Had a little one too many Kool-Aids. Yeah, and then, you know, so showed up and, and, you know. I was looking terrible the entire time. Right in the front row, we start singing in front of these people, prestigious like music people. My teacher got provided a plaque, and you know, it's very high thing. And I just like <laughs> throw up in my mouth. Oh jeez! In front of everybody, I swallowed it. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. Sat like, and my teacher, the conductor was looking at me. He's like, he's like, are you, are you okay? Like, really concerned. I sat down. As soon as the song ended, the next song began. Popped right back up. Finished off the set, and we were walking out. And everybody's like, "Oh, like you guys sound great." Like they're like, "You, you are you performance majors?" And they'd walk up to me. They're like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> oh, I feel a lot better now." Oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I and later on my teacher is like we have I have nicknames for all of you that I put in the program and I was like oh gosh please let it not be anything to do with me throwing up because was it Ralph 
I don't know, cause, but I couldn't. I don't know how I would explain that to my mom. It was like your baby boy made some bad decisions, and then I threw up in front of people. Like it was just bad seafood, bad shellfish, bad shellfish. I told him it was food poisoning. A little bit. It was, you know, you know, it. it, it, it it's a typical college story. I mean, but. I mean, <laughs> listen. It could. It sounds like it, it could have got a lot worse. It could have ended a lot worse. Oh, and boy. I pulled out, performed, and then I went to sleep on his floor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That is. That's awesome. Is it? Is it really? <laughs> I'm saying that's awesome. That is fantastic. Marconi, what about you? I'm still trying to think of one. I'm, oh, I'm trying gosh, to narrow it down. Um. Well. When I was in high school one time, I was wearing a skirt and I tripped up the steps. Uh-oh. And like my I had a crush on this guy and he like was going down the steps and like I think he like saw me trip and yeah, so that that was the So pretty... you made a lasting impression on your crush? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then I also serving one time I spilled Italian dressing on this guy's white shirt. Um oh. dress shirt that wasn't good. And yeah. So I guess I don't know. I those are a couple um, that are coming to my mind, but okay. Yeah. So all right, um, one that comes to my mind. I could. I get. I guess this is just one of the embarrassing moments, but I'll I'll keep it PG rated. We're not we're not going to follow the vomit over there. But it's that's not not that that's not that that was our rated. I just okay. hate vomit. I, yeah. Anything vomit, I'm like. It's gonna make me vomit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't cause a train reaction. Oh, uh-uh. But um, we at we had the soccer nets. I don't know if they still have them. Where we didn't have the Kate. It was just basically would you'd put the soccer net over, but it the net was up, and then it just had it didn't go all the way down. You know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. wasn't. It just had the pole in the ground, yeah. the net, yeah. and it just had a little thing where you can hang the net back there. Yeah. So at practice, you know, there'd be times where, especially if the nets were down or even if the nets are up, we'd like grab the post and just kind of hang on it or do a, I can see do a chin up. So we were at practice and for some reason, the girls team didn't usually practice with us, but for some reason they were on, they were on our field practicing with us. So we split the field in half. Um, we had one side, the girls had the other. And of course, you know, the girls team is around, so the guys got to <laughs> try to look all cool and try to look, you know, yeah, studly. So it was happened to be a little bit of a rainy day. So oh I we're doing our we're doing our half lap during warm up. We're, you know, juggling the ball or whatever. And I'm already short, so I'm struggling <laughs> to reach the top of the net. So I run up, I grab it and proceed to as I like kind of swung forward a little bit proceed to my hands slip and I happen to like fall flat on my back Ouch! and it's one of those things like you know how when you get the wind knocked yeah. out of you you kind of like like you gasp yeah. for air Whiplash. and it was we were running our laps with the girls and that which is one of the dumbass reasons why I did it and I fell down and of course there's like one girl that I sort of had a crush on 
and she's just looking at me. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, uh, 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 <laughs> like on the ground, like trying That's to gasp air. But, uh, 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 <laughs> like I couldn't breathe. I had knocked the wind out of my, like, <laughs> so I'm sitting there on the ground and she's like, she's like, oh my God, he's going to die. He's going to, I'm like, <laughs> and it takes you like that wild, like, um, I'm fine, fine. And you just get up and you're oh instantly, God. you're like, okay, I've just blown any so chance that I have. Smooth, Don't cry. Don't cry. Smooth, <laughs> smooth. I'm sure, yeah. That's, that's so funny. To oh be hilarious, just gasping for air and dying. It's on just the like you're trying to breathe, but nothing's coming. <laughs> I. Uh, 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 you want to go out? <laughs> Play the sympathy card. I should have played the sympathy card, but yeah. I think uh, even at that point, I think there was there was no saving that. After making those horrifying noises, there's no way anything. She's <laughs> like, oh, you're dying. <laughs> so that was that's that's an embarrassing moment that came to mind for me. I like that question though. Most embarrassing moment. Thanks. All right, we can steal it. I'll anytime. steal it. All right, number four. What are we at? Number four. Matt, I think we're back at you. Number four. I want to say your best slash worst pickup line that you tried on like your actual crush. <laughs> on oh, on somebody you actually yeah. like. I've wanted. never done a pickup line. Well, that's or that you've so. or that you've heard or that you've heard. Oh, <laughs> actually, I've got a recent one that's Uh-oh. been like Funny. actually tried. Um, let's. I was gonna say I've tried. I'm sure I've tried someone in jest, like just thinking like this is gonna be. Stupid, but on somebody that you oh, actually that you actually like, tried, like you you wanted it to work. Oh, my wife is gonna listen right if she's listening right now. She's like, he's got no game. She's he's not listening. <laughs> she listens to some of our episodes. I think. Hmm. Uh, Marconi, you got for you have one that you recently you said you heard uh, one yeah, recently. So this is a guy who messaged me on some social media. Um, he was, they said, I was just reading an article that says men take only 8.2 seconds to fall in love. Apparently it takes women 15 days. So what's your schedule look like two weeks from now? Yo! Uh, yes, sir! You think that's good? No. Uh, but I think, I, I, I think it's good. I think I respect him for trying. It's unique. It's, I'll, I'll give him that. It's, it's almost unique. as bad as like, hey, I lost my number. Can I have yours? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did yeah. you say to that? I or did you not even? I didn't even. Did you even just? It. He doesn't. I just opened. Like he knows that I read it now because I forgot like what the word for word was. But then I just deleted the chat. I was gonna say that's where it's just I like I don't even know who they are. Like whatever. <laughs> I oh I hate dating. Today sucks. Sorry. That's am- that's just my. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. That that's that's creative. I'll get him that. Not necessarily good, but some creative. Of that's like research based. I was too. gonna say that's. Is it true though? I don't. I know. don't know if it's true or not. Definitely. I haven't done the research on that to say if it's true, but creative. I'll give him that. It's amazing. Matt, what's one that you've done? There's. A, I think I said this story before, or I said it off air. But there was this girl that I really had a crush on for the longest time, and she was outside, clapping her soccer cleats up. And um, best, like, I was like, this is my chance. Like, this is my chance to talk to her. So I walk outside, and somehow in my stupid mind, I was like, yeah, like, say, like, oh, so you're clapping out your cleats? Because she'll think that's cool. So, so oh, <laughs> I, I, walk, I walk up to her, and I, I, I call it my mini strokes, because, like, sometimes I just can't pronounce words or 
correct sentences together. So I was just like, had it in my head. And I was like, I got it. I got it. I got it. And I woke up. I was like, so <laughs> just like, it, I didn't formulate the word. I straight up just <laughs> did that exactly to her. In your mind, you were excited to say, clap out the cleats. Yeah. And, like, and then she, she looked over and she's like, what? And I was like, nothing. I got to go. And then I just, <laughs> went, I just straight up was like, oh, done, done. And God bless her. She, she. I think she still kind of had a crush on me for a little bit afterwards. So she was trying to give me another shot. But at that point, my confidence was just down. <laughs> and I was just like, and then I like sat there and thought about. It. I was like, clapping out your cleats. Why would you say that? Like in the first place. It's got a little bit of a tongue twister. Clapping out your cleats. I know. I was just like, cleaning out your cleats. Well, that's even. Yeah. I don't hey, know. you play sports. <laughs> The house soccer practice. That's all I, you had to say. Yeah, exactly. I, that's all I had to say. But my stupid like high school boy brain was just like, right. yeah, yeah, this will get her. Uh, this is the only. This is the funniest one that that will come to mind. That was stupid. I don't know if I. I don't know if I actually used it on a a girl that I was quote unquote chasing. But one night, um, myself and a one of my college roommates. We, he's Italian as well, and we both knew, we both know a little bit of Italian, like basically like introduction level of how to speak. So we decided we were gonna go to the bars, and we were gonna pretend like um, we we switched it up at times. But like one time, like I would speak like broken broken Italian, or the other kid would speak, and I'd be like, uh, "My friend here is, you know, he he says you are you are the bomb, you are the boom, you." And I'd like go look back at him and like speak like broken it like. What do you say? And it's, oh, he said, you're very beautiful. So, because we were dumb kids. Oh, what an idiot. So, I had done it to, I, I think we did it, I don't know, like three or four times. And then we ended up abandoning that. And at the end of the night, I, which, yeah, we, the, the, the quote unquote humor or whatever we found, we, we, we got over it fast. But at the end of the night, I was, um, talking to this one girl you know just very and apparently one of her friends was one of the one that we did the gag to where we were speaking to her so she comes over and she's like oh this is my friend um i forgot what her name was and she she hears me speaking and she's like wait a minute weren't you just talking to me like 15 minutes ago and you couldn't speak english and you couldn't under and i the the girl that I was talking to looked at me, and I just, I didn't even say anything. I just looked like, sorry, and just walked right away. <laughs> you know, <point>, huh? <laughs> it's like, I was like, there, there was no saving that. There was no like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm I'd be sorry, stupid. It was just, oh boy, just walk away. Gosh, don't, aren't men awesome? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We are, we are, the things that we think are okay in our mind is just baffling. Can I say I'm I mean, so glad that I'm married and I don't have to go through the dating yeah. scene? Because I, my wife's right. I have no game. Although I do got to say, I I thought it was pretty geek. When I asked my wife, when we first met, I asked her if she wanted to go on a canoe ride or whatever just because I saw her standing there and she, you know, I Boat, thought it was. water, canoe, nobody's going to hear her. I didn't go up to her and say, uh, you want to you wanna go on a canoe ride? You want to clap your canoe out? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I, Clap your cleats out. It was a bad oh joke. I know. Oh my gosh. I was I was making fun of Matt and, there for a minute, but the poor girl got like told, referred to as like the clan the clan girl because 
<laughs> for the rest of that time. Oh my! Did God. you run into her again? I ran into her when I was working at Dick's, like years after. Well, that. wait, was she was she at Kanisha? Like, was she on the girls' high school team, Kanisha's or not Kanisha's? Sorry, uh, Clarence. Like, was no, she at the she same high school? To, um, she went to um, Buff Sem. Okay, so it wasn't like a girl that you would see every day no, at Clarence. I I, after we graduated, and like you know, like this was like right before the pandemic, and I graduated in 2016, so it was like three years later, and I hadn't seen her for a long time, and I was like. We looked at each other, didn't say a word, but like just the eye contact, we both knew <laughs> exactly. And I was just like, I can't go up and talk to her now because she probably thinks I'm like, something's wrong with me. And, that's, <laughs> and at that point, I'd be like, hey, you remember that time like four years ago when I really effed up talking to you? <laughs> I'm really surprised I'm talking to you now. Uh, I love it. It happens. It happens, you know. You that's know, just that's you, just you, the universe. You live saying. and you learn. That's Absolutely. the universe saying that that's just not not right. Nope, wasn't the right time. All right, we've got one more question. Marconi, do you have one more question? Uh, do you have one more question? I'm thinking I... of one. Let's see who gets the who gets the fifth one here. Matt, if you have another one, jump in. <coughs> Ooh, bless you. I don't know what's <coughs> Joking. Okay, okay. you know well. what? I got I got one. We'll go with we'll finish up with this as Matt chokes it out. Please don't vomit. Yeah, we don't want to clean <laughs> Whether up you much. swallow it or not. All right, while Matt's coughing it out, favorite prank that you've either pulled on somebody or had it pulled on you or just seen it pulled on somebody. Favorite prank of all time. <coughs> Struggling over there? All right. He's, as Matt think. coughs it out, Erica, do you have a favorite a I favorite gotta prank? Think. I gotta think. Um, While you're thinking, I'm gonna say one that was pulled on me. Okay. And I thought this was pretty good. We, uh, I was in a fraternity, Alpha Kappa Psi. Well, I was. I'm in a fraternity, Alpha Kappa Psi. I guess you're in it to whatever, but at Canisius, and I lived in the fraternity house. Um, <laughs> so it was junior year. One of the pledges. Uh, was called the house, one of our pledges called the house. Um, they were prodded by one of the brothers, so they had to call the house, and they concocted a story uh, two weeks before or the week before we had gone to Niagara University's chapter of Alpha Kappa Psi, and we helped them out with their pledges. Not helped them out, but we just sat on one of their pledge interviews and this and that, and we had a little fun with that. It was whatever. Yeah. It was, you know, you intermingle with some of them. So... The pledge's premise was he called the house saying that um, pretending to be one of the brothers from Niagara University, saying that, um, you know, talking, basically talking trash and calling us out and saying this and that. So apparently he called the house and he talked to one of the brothers and they picked up on the joke right away. Like, all right, yeah, haha, you're full of it. But instead of just hanging up, they played along with it and they gave me the phone. And they were like, all right, Larry, this, what? what's this guy talking about? Maybe you can... So I get on the phone with one of the pledges and he starts his spiel, like, basically talking trash and, you know, you guys are garbage. I didn't pick up on it as quickly as the other brother picked up uh -huh. on it. So I, I instantly, like, get a little hot-headed. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this is... Gar and, of course, the pledge apparently got scared and, like, hung up real quick. I didn't really yell at the pledge. It gets better. So 
I'm going there at the, the brother's house. There was four of us that lived upstairs, four lived downstairs. I'm like livid going through the house, but like who the, you know, who the heck was this? Like, I'm going to go find this kid. But like, this is garbage. This is everybody else in the house by that time, apparently picked up on it or was told about it or texting each other. Like that this was a joke and they're egging me on. Like they're egging me on big time. They're like, Larry, why you, you shouldn't stand for it. Like, let's get in our car right now. I'm literally like, I, that was the year I had my car or whatever. I'm literally grab my keys, start heading towards the driveway. I'm backing out of the driveway. I've got two or three of the guys in my car with me. We're backing out of the driveway. As I back out, the rest of the house comes out and they're laughing hysterically on our front lawn. At that point, the three guys in the car, like just start dying laughing. And at that point I look, I'm like, what they're like yeah it was pledge i think i forgot the kids pledge john or so and so was like he he got you good he tried and at that point all i could do was laugh like i called the kid i called the kid back up i called the pledge back up i was like you got me he's scared out of his mind he's like i'm not gonna get in i'm like you're good i was like you got me i can't even be mad about it i've pranked other people other people yeah. You you kind of just give them the Right. You, you tip your hat to them. Congratulations. You got me. Not even going to say you didn't. And and that was it. So that was that was one. It might not have been the the best one over, but that one comes to mind where I got it like Good. bad. I I I yeah. hey, and and for any prank that you pull on somebody, I hate that person that just like how dare you prank like dude, it's a joke. Relax. Relax. Like I'm so not gonna go. Have fun with it. I'm not gonna go Will Smith somebody and smack the crap out of oh, them for making a yeah, joke. But it's just it is what it is. It's a mm-hmm. funny joke. You got me. Just laugh. I'll 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 get you next time. So that's one that came to mind. Matt, Erica, what what's funniest prank that you've been a part of, or whether that you pulled on somebody, whether you had somebody pull on you, I don't think I've ever whether you've a prank you've on seen. Somebody that maybe one of your friends got a prank pulled on you. No, I'm trying to think. Or that you've got a do prank you pulled one? on you. Because if you do, you can go first. Um, my guess. So the only one I have is, what was it? It was, I lived in a suite with like six dudes, well, four, five dudes, six including me. Um, and when we went to go see the new, or the remade It movie when it came out, um, and my buddy and I took it pretty, pretty roughly. And um, he went to go take a shower afterwards, and I had a Bluetooth speaker. So I hooked up the speaker to my buddy's computer, and then I went into the bathroom. Oh, jeez. Unwearing that the guy, the kid didn't know I was in there, and I put the speaker in. And then I slowly shut the door, and I turned the lights off. And as soon as I turned the lights off, he started playing creepy clown music. So this kid that was in the shower, my roommate, and he was like 5'5". Five, five. He was this little guy, but he liked to fight people. I don't know why I picked him, but I was standing on the edge of the door, like, so like when I was like, oh, and he'll jump out, like he'll open it up and I'll jump out, like with a mask on or something in the dark. Well, as soon as he opens up the door, (laughs) he slides open the door. I'm like, ah, and I just was out of his reach because he full blown (laughs) swung. I was going to say, you're getting swung. He full blown swung. And then he was like, I almost knocked your sorry, you know, insert word here. Out and he was like, "You better sleep with your door locked." And I slept with the door <laughs> locked for the rest of that week, um, <laughs> because he it was you know 
I didn't really use a lot of things where I left myself in a position that he could get me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know why I thought it was funny, but he was like really I think scared. I think that's classic. I mean, you yeah. scare the kid. Yeah. yeah. But again, harmless fun. Yeah. Well, almost. Almost harmless fun. Um, well, it was harmless fun. It could have been really bad. If he was, he was five five, so it was harmless fun. If he was six five, might not have been, he, he might have caught you with that swig. Yeah, I know. He would have laid me out if he hit me with that. All right, Marco, you've got to have one. I can't. I'm trying to think. Um, Even one that you've seen or one that you've, you could have just been an innocent bystander and, and saw the person get pranked. Uh, not much of a pranker there? No, I, I'm not. I don't know. I, um, I'm trying to think of like senior class pranks, but I don't even know if our class did one. We were like, or that I can remember. I don't know. One um, that you heard of that was pretty funny? Um, yeah, I think I, or there was one that like, there was a class, I think that like glued like a bunch of coins to the floor. So like super glued. So you couldn't like, so you couldn't pick them up, pick them up. Okay. I think I've heard of that one. I don't know if it was on a TV show or something. Um, and then like moving like a freshman's car, like hidden. I think that was from a movie though. (laughs) Um, like we'll take it. We'll first, take it. Like the one with the Drew Barrymore. I can't think of it. Um, never been kissed. They like they. She like goes back to sc- high school. Like she's a reporter, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they hide her car. Yep. Like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I'm so boring. I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> it's funny that you brought the floor, and I'll I'll end on this real quick. Um, with the coins taped on the floor at our at the old Niagara Falls High School, not the new one, but the mm-hmm. one that I went to. On the third floor, one of the art students, and I don't know when they did it, but it was my my cousin graduated um, from there. A bunch of my cousins graduated, but he told me about it, and he was class of ninety. Right. Um, one of the artists they drew, or they painted on the floor by one of the lockers, like a a half dollar bill, and they did it so lifelike or whatever. Where a lot of times you like you'd sit there, there'd be kids that would try to pick up the dollar bill. Or they'd try to kick it, and you realize you're picking up, like you're trying to pick up a dollar bill that's not there. Yeah. Like it's just painted on the floor. So it's not actually a dollar. But that was, I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know if that's so much a prank as just the fact that the kid was a great artist, artist that could actually sure. trick people like that. But that was one of the, you know, that was one that would just keep going on and on and on. Well, it's like saran wrapping cars. Yeah. I did mm-hmm. that in high school. I forgot about that. I fully saran wrapped this kid's car and then sat there and watched him try to take it apart. That's annoying. That's, oh, he got, that's time consuming. They got pissed. I would have gotten pissed. And they're like, why did you do this? And I was like, for this exact reason. Oh, yeah. And plus, because I didn't want to vandalize your car, so I'll just saran wrap it. Yeah, and I was like, that's free saran wrap. You say that. <laughs> it's reusable. It's reusable. Use that for leftovers. I saved you money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to end things there. Um, Erica, thank you so much for coming on. What'd you think? Thanks for having me. It was fun. It was great getting to know you, Matt, you know? And yeah, so. Absolutely. We'll have to make sure all the kids know about it and listen about it. Oh, gosh. I hope they don't. I told Erica since since they come out, the shows come out on Thursday, that Thursday's practice is just going to be us listening to the podcast. No. No, 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 we won't do that. Okay. But. uh, 
fun. I thank you for having me as a guest. No so. problem. Thank you for coming on. Anything you want to plug, like Facebook sites, uh, Instagram. I know before you did a lot of uh, the Instagram for the track and field kids. Yeah, I'm still doing that. Our our page, Kenny's Cross Country and Track and Field. All right. Anything so. on a personal level that you want to plug or advertise Marconi out there? Marconi plays the Mamba. That's my Instagram. Handle. What is it? Mark like the song. Marconi, Marconi plays the Mamba. Listen to the radio. Okay. <laughs> You so know? Marconi plays the Mamba. At, it's your Twitter handle. No, Instagram I don't have handle? Twitter. I have Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. So that's awesome, actually. Thank Marconi you. plays the Mamba. That's, I like that. That's sick. Thank you. All right, I make sure that. everybody checks out Marconi plays the Mamba <laughs> on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Stories from the Sidelines. And as always, we will see you next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the sidelines.